We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded and produced, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded and this area's original name was Nam. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Damn! We're in a tight spot! Welcome to Music Town. My service you? Great Scott! It will never be enough! I only want to hear the Aya Ding Dong! Ah, oh, as if! Dignity. Always dignity. Hello, you're listening to You Watched What. I'm Amy. And I'm Kate. And this week we watched the 1994 cult classic Reality Bites. How are you going? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. Once again, it's been a long two weeks. <laughs> we did joke at the end of the last one that, yeah, and look, we tried, but life didn't find a way this time. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park was talking about <laughs> evolution and not our schedules. <laughs> I moved 2022 20, has been a pickle of a year, hasn't it? Well, we started this podcast when we weren't allowed out of the house. Yes. And so we were able to achieve a lot, mostly staying on schedule. Yeah, because no one was sick or anything last well, year. Because we didn't get sick because we were able to stay at home. And because I was at home all the time, I was able to do things like build a backlog of episodes and edit them and all. Mm. And now I'm doing things like moving house and going to the mm. office. And I have are, three kids going yeah. to school, so someone's sick every week. <laughs> the, okay, that going out of the house in theory, is good. It is very bad for a productivity. Yeah, especially when it's like everybody's first winter yeah. out and about in three years. Well, it's your youngest's first winter at school. Yeah, she's in grade two and, yeah, she hasn't done a winter. A school winter. But, yeah, surprisingly, she's not the one that's been the sickest. Good point. She yeah, hasn't. Yeah, the eldest just seems to really cop it. Yeah. But, oh, well, what can you do? Anyway, we are going to try very hard to get back onto a regular schedule. Thank you for waiting out mm-hmm. our, our winter hiatus while mm-hmm. we were super busy and did things. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've watched a bit of TV. Not as, not as much as you'd think for that period of time since we last recorded. Mm. But again, moved house, did a lot of packing. Yeah. But been uh, busy. Yeah, very busy. Yeah, I've, I've just been... In full costume mode. We've got our first dance concert for the dance school I run. Um, the first one in three years is in two weeks' time. Very exciting. So I'm – we're sitting here in my storeroom just surrounded by tulle and um, there's liked, some tassels over there. And I liked when you opened <laughs> the door and you were like, it doesn't look too bad. I'm like, I can't see the floor. <laughs> well – it didn't take me long to clear out. That's just bags of tutus, really, True. that needed to be removed. But there um, was order to it. Yes, it I know where everything is. Like an explosion of. But tulle. pretty much all costumes are done as of this morning. I finished some crystalline, and I think all costumes are done. I think I've got to fit some shorts on some boys next week, but that's a whole other thing. Um, I think I'm going to spend the next two weeks just ironing tulle. Yep. Basically, just making sure everything's nice and pressed. Just lean into your Shirley Hastings. I know. Yes. 
it's just so much work. You, you work so hard on a costume. Mm. Like I was telling Kate before these tutus, I reckon I've spent a good 24 hours on getting them up to wow. scratch. These five, only five tutus. For, look, granted they are in a couple of things. So these tutus will be seen on stage for a max of um, eight minutes. Yep. It's a lot of and work. And it's hours and hours of work. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's the life of a dance school, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so because I've been so busy with that, I haven't watched too much new stuff because I've just needed to have comfort shows on or um, just scrolling through TikTok. So what I have been watching is my eldest child in the school holidays went to a sleepover. And, of course, first kind of real sleepover. Yeah. Very exciting. So, of course, you know, I was expecting a few little naughty things to happen and came home and said, oh, we watched some Netflix late at night. And I knew straight away my spidey senses were tingling because they've been asking to watch Stranger Things for a really long time. And I was just like, no, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet. And I straight away just said, you watched Stranger Things, didn't you? Because I knew um, whose party it was. They've they've started watching it already. So, and then just started laughing. I was like, oh, so I was like, okay, you can watch the first series with me. And that's kind of just turned into watching the whole (laughs) lot. So we're up to... um, we're just about to start watching Volume 2, Season 4, <gasps> Volume 2, Very which is exciting. where we were up to at our last podcast. Now, yes, we, yeah, were, we had, we all, had all the theories. theories, none of which kind of no. came to fruition at all. Like, Yeah, some things surprised me, some things didn't. I found it, now we've spoken about it before, that yeah. we found it to be long yet rushed. Yes, it was – they have pacing problems. This is like – these are our hot takes coming in like about a month or so late yeah. that we are, we are not the first people to say that it felt – it somehow felt bloated and incomplete. Yeah. And it did. It did. Like what, They have pace issues. What is with the – oh, three days later. That, okay, uh, that but, annoyed me. That uh-huh, annoyed me. We yeah. haven't seen any ha- – <laughs> We saw no resolution to how they got out of the Upside Down, um, who found them, who found Max, what people's reactions were. We saw none of that. I'm still really annoyed that Karen Wheeler was set up to look like something big was going to happen. And even in her, like, scenes that she was in, she seemed knowing in her scenes, like – she really like would look out the window and be and like felt like she knew something. The theories that she had like had some kind of involvement in a similar kind of Hawkins, yeah, you know, creepy spookiness in her youth made a lot more sense based on what they were showing us of the character yes. in the show. And none of that paid off. So you're like, no. okay, well, why was any of it in it? Why did she have a poster? It's, it's particularly still if you don't pay it off in five. Any sense? Well, I'm I'm kind mm. of still got my fingers crossed. So I I'm kind of hoping that the the jump in the three days will be explained in season five. I'm Maybe. hoping that 
part of me wonders too that maybe they did show us and they showed that Eddie died and they showed that they pulled his body out or I don't know. And then with how much he was beloved in the first volume, they kind of went, oh, we need to scrap that because we need to be able to have the option to bring him back in season five. I don't know whether they have that much thought. I don't think they I do. I just like, think, I feel like think they're, they... they're just going by the seat of their pants yeah, and they ran they out were, of steam. I think they were winging it and I think having the – the multiple storylines running across the country. Yeah, I don't think they. They had, ran out of time. They had. I don't think they had a way. I don't think they had a plan for how to bring that all together neatly. You know, they had people in yeah. Alaska coming from Russia. You had the people I in know, California. But then, but then I was like, okay, maybe they've run out of time, like I just said. But we yeah, had but this last many kind of half an hour yeah. of bullshit yeah. of a cleaning mm-hmm. kind of montage that mm-hmm. we didn't really need. Um, I thought I was annoyed by the jump, but then I thought we were going to end basically they all got back to Hopper's house. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, there was a whole lot of stuff that happened in that three days later that actually was – not needed. Mm. I just don't think they're particularly good at plotting. I think they had too much money. Look, it looked good. Yeah. And look, there were a lot of CG sequences that looked amazing and I expect that's where a lot of the money got spent. Mm-hmm. And fair enough. I suspect they just had so much money and time and they were able to do what they wanted and it didn't... Didn't tie together neatly. It didn't, um, it didn't require them to tighten everything. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it just lacked what I think, and I think to the volume having the split volumes was really smart marketing in a yeah. way. It got everybody super super excited, yeah, and we're all kind of like waiting this month out to see mm-hmm. the next episodes. But I think it bit them in the ass because everybody's fan theories ended up being so much better than what yep. was actually delivered. Like it was amazing promotionally, <laughs> but then it left people a bit disappointed. Yeah, because yeah, the th- fan theory, the longer time yeah. was, the better the theories got. The, yeah. You know, the more. And everyone was yeah. whipped into a frenzy. Yeah. Us included. Like literally it was, I think it was on at five or six that Friday, knocked off works, you know, yeah, sat we straight watched, down, we watched, watched it, it all. Yeah. And had had some real emotions. Like there was a lot that I liked about it. Great performances, you know. Mm. Oh, it was still really good. And I think the thing is, if I hadn't heard all these great theories and come to conclusions myself, if I just kind of had watched the next episode the week later and then maybe the next one the week later, maybe they should mm-hmm. have done it like – like only murders yeah. in the building kind of thing where they just release one episode a week. Traditional release schedule. If I think they should. If they done that, yeah. I wouldn't have had enough time to be like, oh, I want, oh, I want this to happen or I want this to happen. Oh, I heard this could happen. Someone and was I, looking at this. I think I would have really enjoyed it and really appreciated and it. I think the Vecna reveal at the end of Volume 1 would have great. had more power. I thought it was really good. I got it. Some of why I think I was able to put it together was because I watched – that first volume over a couple of weeks. Like I didn't just been straight through it. Ah, uh, yes. And I think it benefited from that. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the week by week. I think for any situation where you're building a mystery, mm. I think that's a really optimal way I of think releasing so too. your show. Yeah, watching Only Murders and really enjoying it. 
And I like having that little bit of time to think about, okay, well, mm. what happened? What have we learned about this mystery? Yeah. I I kind of like to with Only Murders because sometimes I'll miss a week and then I get two episodes. That's also and fun. And that's fun. But, yeah, I, I – yeah, I think mm. they sh- I think they left too much time, so there was too much space to think about it and that's what was disappointing. It built our hopes a little too high. Yeah, it did. Look, I think that's I'm still very excited for for season 5. Oh, yeah. But I'm also going to go into it expecting to be disappointed <laughs> in some ways at least. Uh, oh, what so else? I've been watching, I found on Binge this show called This Is Going to Hurt. Now I've forgotten his name again. It is the guy, Paddington Bear's oh, voice. Ben Wishaw. Yes, there you go. I had to ask you last week. It's okay. Um, you know, I'm always here for Paddington and Paddington related <laughs> Yeah, I knew you'd know. Um, he plays a doctor, an obstetrician in the UK. Um, it Basically, when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, this is UK offspring Mm -hmm. with just a gay man instead of Nina. And it really does have that feel to it. There's, It's a little bit darker than offspring. And I've just found out too that it's actually based on a memoir from someone. Oh, interesting. So not based on, they haven't like watched offspring and gone, oh, that's a great thing but it is very very similar okay yeah but that's that's been really good to watch cool. yeah I like watching that that's good and also my last one for this week is the podcast I listened to um SUP which is Sexy Unique Podcast which is based on um Sexy Unique Restaurants Sir Vanderpump Rules they started off as oh, a Vanderpump Rules right yep um recap for years and years and I was listening back then and now they do um, Real Housewives and things like that. Yep. And they just did the Ultimate Girls Trip, so which was really, really good. And that's finished. So they've started doing season one of Jersey Shore. Nice. So I'm watching each week an episode of Jersey Shore so I can listen to my favourite podcast. Um, yeah, so yeah. We're a, few, a few episodes into Jersey Shore and it's just – nostalgia like it just really is just like a time capsule of that time yeah and you don't even realize how much like that kind of mid early 2000s I think it was like 2011 I'm not 100% sure but the thing is 12 I I remember breastfeeding my first baby watching it and I was a couple of years behind I think like one or two years behind and um I bought it on DVD because when wow pretty sure um, Stacy, our sister, had come down and we'd bought it on DVD or something to lay okay, in bed and watch because we've done that before with Geordie Shaw. Yeah. So, See, I remember um, who I worked with because I remember talking about it in the yeah. office. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my favourite of those of that genre of reality show. But, yeah, really the fun. fashion, the, um, yeah. the way it's edited together is just so, you know, 2010s. Yeah. It's. Yeah, you, you don't realise how much things evolve until you go back and you go, yeah. But it's been, re- it's been really fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what have you been watching? I finished Ms. Marvel, which uh, I think the whole series, I think it was only six episodes. Okay. Finished a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was really good yeah. and I really recommend it. It's like it's age appropriate for kids. Yeah, my kids have started watching it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And 
it actually the we end up with the character spending a bit of time in Pakistan and looking quite in depth at the the partition of Pakistan and India mm-hmm. and just some of the terrible things that happen with people getting separated from their families yeah. during that. It was really interesting. Like it yeah, was a really bit of a history lesson. Look, it's history specifically that I've never seen in mm. narrative TV before, and it's because I don't watch a lot of Indian and Pakistani yeah. stuff. But it's like I've never seen it in American broadcasting mm. before, so that was quite good. And yeah, look, so it's it is kid teen appropriate. So it's not particularly violent. It's you know it's it's bloodless in that Marvel way. Mm-hmm. But look, that worked for it. It was it was really enjoyable. It felt it felt a little rushed. It felt like they had so much plot and character development to get through in a really short number of episodes. Yeah. But that said, I think they did a really, really good job of it and they fit things in and, and told the story really well. Oh good. I've been watching Loot with Maya Rudolph. Uh-huh. Is that the one where Adam Scott's her husband that okay. Yes. yes. So she's playing uh well. As of the first episode, newly divorced billionaire. She was married to Adam Scott's mm-hmm. character. Uh, finds out that he's cheated on her, and they were married like well before he got rich with the company that that she helped him start. So no prenup. She takes half of everything and yeah. is massively rich, and has a found r- discovers realizes that she's got this charitable foundation, and decides that actually that will help her find purpose in yeah. life. It's a really good cast. Like it is a sitcom. It feels like as the series is progressing, it's like six or seven episodes in at this point into season one, they're dealing with the idea that fundamentally having multiple billions of dollars is unethical mm-hmm. in itself. Mm-hmm. But it's uh but it also that it's managing to do that in a in a sitcom. A light way, yeah. yeah, in a relatively light way. Yeah. Uh Michaela J. Rodriguez from Pose is the head of the foundation. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. And it's it's also it's just she she's got really good comic timing, but she can really handle the dramatic stuff. It's really nice seeing a trans character. It like her transness isn't isn't her identity, like, her, I wasn't going to say isn't her identity because, of course, it's her identity, but isn't her only... Well, it's not a plot point. Yeah. It just hasn't been a plot point. Yeah. And it's um, not a, Which ca- is how not a character that's written as trans. And it's like, again, oh, I don't know if I've seen this in this kind of a sitcom before. Uh-huh. It's nice. It, uh, Joel Kim Booster, who was in Fire Island, is... Um, oh, I still haven't watched that yet. I need oh, to watch it. Oh, you will it. love it. He's great. And then and then go and watch Loot. He is uh, Maya Rudolph's character's Molly. Um, Molly's PA. Uh-huh. He's fantastic. Ron Funches, who's been in a lot of um, in a lot of comedy shows. He d- did voices in Trolls. Uh-huh. They're adorable together. The guy who played the Swede in... Our flag means death is in it. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, a good really good cast. cast. Yeah, it's very funny. Maya Rudolph also is like she is extremely funny mm. and yeah, really, really good. Mm. And a guest star from that guy who used to go out with Kylie Minogue. That, that then he was married to uh, Halle Berry. That guy. Oh, Olivier. Yes. Yes. Him. He's he's aging. Fairly well. Okay. Yeah. Adam Scott, also very funny. Yeah. Really good at being a He's aging a bit backwards too. That's how you know actors are really good. I've mm. been watching um, uh, one called The Twelve and I think I th- have a feeling I spoke about it last time. We've talked about it. Oh, we've I talked hope about we talked it. about it on the podcast. Um, 
Oh, it's so it it's really really good. It's got um oh, oh my god, I've forgotten his name. No, From no, Jurassic no. Park. Sam Neill. Sam Neill. I wanted to call him Alan Rickman. My brain is out. He's Dr. Alan in, yes, in Jurassic that's Park. Why, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. I'm thinking, why was I thinking his name was Alan? Mm. Okay, so it's got Sam Neill in it. Um, Marta Dusseldoft. Is that how you say her name? I don't know. Um, I don't know who that is. Oh, you do? I'm going to Janet King from Janet King. You'd know her. She's in every ABC show imaginable. She's in Jack Irish. Oh, it's got Kate Mulvaney. It's got Brendan Cowell. Yeah. yeah. Brooke Satchwell. Oh, Marta Dusseldorp. I do know her. You, yeah, yes, you of do course know I her. do. Yeah. Brooke and Satchwell. Got, so Brooke Satchwell's husband in it is Hamish Michael, who is – he was in Janet King and the one before that, Crownies. Yep. This guy, you'd know him. You know that guy? Yes. Yes. I feel like I'm looking, <laughs> I feel like we're doing a police lineup and also my eyesight is not perfect. So I'm kind of like getting the phone at exactly the right distance from my face. You know him. And he's really lovable in Crownies and mm. Janet King. Yeah. And, and he just, this show proved to me what an absolute stellar actor he is because I have adored him. I thought he's mm. really, mm. he just comes off as really lovable in a lot of things. Yeah. Well, he is the biggest prick in this show and I want to punch his head so bad. He's Brooke Satchwell's husband and he is really abusive and really gaslighting her and he's just vile. Wow. Absolutely vile. And yeah, he's doing a really good job. And I think we spoke about this when I was watching The Staircase mm. and um, the other guy whose name I've forgotten too. Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Oh my God, I've got the brain fog you have come brain back. Fog. Fun fact, Colin Firth was originally cast as the voice of Paddington and it didn't oh, quite work. There you go. We so then they recast a bit. But there, there is, I don't know if it's been scrubbed from the internet, but the oh. first trailer of the first Paddington had Colin Firth voicing wow. it. And they changed it after that. But then, of course, Colin Firth plays one of the evil bankers in... Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins with with Ben Whishaw. Yes. Seven degrees happening right here on You Watched What. That was all I was thinking when I went and saw Mary Poppins for... I don't... Look... Yeah, see, Colin Firth, he he can play a baddie, but even when he's playing that baddie, you know it's a caricature kind of thing yeah. of his yeah. because it's a kid's movie and it's a little bit bigger. and It's extremely big. and also. But then when just, he's in the staircase, you're like, oh, no, you're really good because I, I like you as a person, but you're being psychotic right yeah. now. Yeah, it was really unlikable. It was a really good performance. Yeah. So the 12 is really good. It's 12 jury members. Um they're sitting on a trial for a murder of a young girl whose auntie is, is um, on trial. Um, and so you get to kind of – it's a bit of the, the – you're going through all the evidence as the jury is getting the evidence. And so you you really are back and forth on yep. did she – oh, the dad actually seems really dodgy and he's lying a lot. Like yep. it's – um. So you're going back and forth mm. in that, but you're also seeing glimpses of uh, probably around six or seven of the jury members they've kind okay, of focused yep. in on. And so you see their background and the relationships that they're forming together on the jury mm-hmm. and um, personal stuff that's going on that's affecting 
might affect the outcome kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah, it's really it's been really good. And that's a weekly because I think it's a Foxtel one. Oh, okay. So it's, yep. it's on binge, yep. but it's put up weekly. So, yeah. yeah. But that's a really good one too. Nice. I do think though to um, my husband – watched Ted Lasso when he was away last and was yeah. like raving about it. And I was just like, I feel like I'm like the only person who isn't excited to watch Ted Lasso. Have and you I watched any of it? Well, I have now. Okay. And I think I'm the only person who that doesn't like it. Wow. I maybe, just, maybe. Do you know what I think it is? I think I have a real issue with the American – accent yep i'm okay if the whole show or the whole movie has american accents is it because there's a couple of american accents in a sea of different british accents and i just can't it is just ridiculously grating on me and it's all i can i just can't do it have you tried watching it with in one of the other languages with subtitles just make them all spanish no i didn't even find their jokes funny that's a shame I really liked it. Yeah, Sean really loves it. He's watched it a few times now and he's just like, oh, it's really great. And I just sat there and I was like, it just didn't this click for is you. just not fu- – I'm not finding this funny. I've never really been a fan of Jason Sudeikis either. Oh, um, I don't know. I just bought it. But I think I'm going to go change. Cause no, don't. You look beautiful. You, you look like – you look like a doily. So this week we watched Reality Bites, a 1994 time capsule of the era. Very much so. Directed by Ben Stiller. I think this was the first movie he directed. And produced by Danny DeVito. I didn't notice that Which until was quite a little surprise when watch. it popped up onto the screen. Danny I was DeVito. Like, Danny DeVito. And then I was kind of hoping that he popped up, but mm. he didn't. Yeah, 1994. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. so much brown well, this makes clothing. Sense as to why I hadn't seen it before, because I hadn't seen this before, and I was really surprised. And I was also like half expecting to watch it and go, "Oh no, I have seen this," yeah. but I hadn't. I hadn't seen it. But wow. I was only in year seven. Oh yeah, fair. So I was like twelve mm-hmm. when this came out. So I might have just been aged out by a year or two. Yeah, really. Yeah, and then just didn't go back I think Empire Records was like the next year and that's when I kind of started watching movies like this and I probably like clung on to you hit your Empire and stuff without then going and watching Reality Bites the soundtrack is phenomenal it's amazing yeah it's still great it's still great super enjoyable yeah there were songs in it that I'd forgotten existed and then knew every word of. Yeah. I love um, when that happens with a movie. I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about this song. When you haven't seen it for years and it's bringing back all these songs that you know off by heart. Yeah. But they're just like tucked away in your brain. Yep. Yeah. No, I love that. Winona's haircut made me want to just chop all my hair off. I've had that haircut. It does not look good on me. <laughs> it you, has- need to, you need to have Winona's very, very fine features yes. to pull that off. She's so beautiful. Mm. Like she's she's beautiful now, but she was you. She is so beautiful. She's so beautiful. She just broken up with Johnny. Um, she was dating Dave Perna, yeah, which is why in. he's he has a little cameo role yeah. in it. I didn't know that they were together. It makes sense. Yeah, I didn't smoke, but I had forgotten how much everyone smoked. Oh, really? This movie like glamorized 
smoking. Yeah, well, and, and it was just like a huge amount of smoking in your home, smoking in cars. Yes. Where even when I had friends who smoked, we didn't smoke in the house. Like they yeah. all separately I had, feel like, had rules. I feel like the nineties, it really became a thing of um, it ruined your walls, mm. and it wasn't for like health and safety reasons. Well, we knew I it remember wasn't it, healthy. It was more. It was. I remember it being more a thing of like, oh, your walls will turn yellow. I remember yeah. it was like an ad or something. Yeah. That was what they kind of described would yes. happen. Yeah. To try and get people to smoke outside. Yeah. And. Also, when I think back, because I'm only a little bit younger than these characters, we're all renting. Mm. I think that was the thing that alarmed me, not even the smoking, which this far after the fact does look wild to me. Yeah, well, you don't really see it in movies or anything. just don't see it in movies anymore. And I don't see it as much in life anymore. But also just put the smoking indoors, the going to a coffee shop and smoking indoors, uh, not a... Yeah. Not a thing that I've experienced for years. Yeah. That all started, okay, so me and Sean have been together for 15 years and I remember one of our like first kind of nights out when we were an actual couple, the smoking ban had just come in. It was for our sister's birthday. It was for Stacey's birthday. So she must have been like turning 35. She'd had her roller skating party (laughs) And then we went to Madame Brussels, I think, upstairs. And it was the first time I'd kind of taken Sean out. And then we went to a club after. And I remember it just being in there and all you could smell was B.O. Yeah. It just smelled like I do body odour. I do remember that. And I was like, oh, they need to sort this out because – the smoke smell yeah. was much better than the BO. I had been really And I'm looking, sure they've sorted it out now. Yeah, I had really been looking forward because I was quite tired of not being a non-smoker and coming home with Stinking my clothes smoke. and my yeah. hair reeking of it. And that first, I reckon, good couple of years where venues ha- smelled like booze and BO and, and just this general miasma of gross yeah. bodies. So we open at in a in a like a major stadium with a graduation happening. A lot of US um, universities, everyone in that year graduates. You have like a one ceremony. A so one ceremony. Massive. Yeah. Okay. Because that's not kind of how we do it here. Mostly not. I think VU it's not like now we go do. to the the MCG. No, VU do it at Marvel. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Or at least pre pandemic they were. I'm not sure if they're doing it like that now. But VU started a thing where they were doing. They would just do the one massive one at Marvel. Oh, and you all go. The house yeah. fucking bored. It would go for ages. I know, right? Well, our star Winona, Lilana, 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 yeah. Is doing. She's the valedictorian and is doing a speech. Mm-hmm. Again, not something that really happens in Australia. Yeah, do they do speech? I've never been to a graduation. There's usually a speaker. It is not usually a graduate. Oh, it's not. A, it's not one of the graduates. Okay. Yeah. Well, she's going on about um, how she doesn't want to drive a BMW and just. Raging Just against, you know, the boomers the who have ruined, <laughs> yeah, the boomers have ruined the world for Gen X who, spoiler alert, because now we know what this that generation have provided, have done fuck all to fix things. Yeah. And her, her, the point of her speech is how are 
Gen X going to fix the world? And the answer is she doesn't know because she's mixed up her cards and she's lost. I don't. I call bullshit on this. No way she wouldn't have memorized. Oh, that I know. You, not even even if you hadn't memorized it, you'd. If you she kind of know, answer, she knew the answer. But anyway, it is a nice moment. Like mm-hmm. it sets up the movie. It sets up the character pretty well. We then um, cut to a rooftop party where we've got our four kind of main players. Um, Lilana, Vicky, who's played by Janine Garofalo. Which I think this is probably the best thing I've seen her in. I think this She's was really good her, in Romeo and Michelle's. Oh, yeah, she is. But this is like her height of Romeo and Michelle's. Like she plays like a real kind of character. This is oh, yeah, a really nice light Okay, this character is with different facets and extremely charming. I love yeah. Vicky, and and she's gorgeous in this. I saw her perform at Edinburgh Fringe a few years ago, and she also is tiny. Really, she's a tiny person. She doesn't look. That shows you how tiny Winona is because she does exactly look the point tiny. I wanted to make. That next to Winona, she just looks kind of normal, normal. size. Yeah, no, she is. Itty bitty. Oh, wow. So Winona must basically be doll-sized. Yeah. Wow. I like Vicky. Vicky. Yeah, I liked Vicky. always a favourite. So we We've have- got Troy, who is Ethan Hawke, mm-hmm. who just plays every kind of guy we all were in love with in the 90s. Yeah, we're going to talk about Troy. Um, and then we've got Sammy, who is played by someone whose name I didn't look up, but I definitely know him. He's Steve in a Zahn. lot of things. Steve yes. Zahn. I think he was in White Lotus. Yes, he's the dad in yeah. White Lotus. Yeah. He's great. He's had a long, successful character yeah. career. Yeah. And I had f- not noticed or forgotten how little characterization Sammy gets in this. Yeah. It's a bit sad. I, on my second watch through yesterday, because he comes out as he's gay yeah. and he kind of comes out. And I was a bit like, oh, when that happened, I wasn't really seeing it Well, you hadn't coming. noticed the homophobic joke that Vicky opens the movie well, with? Well, I did on my second watch. Yeah, there you go. Because I kind of just thought when I first watched, I, I, I must have, I missed the um, we're going to straighten you out part. Yeah. Um, and I thought, oh, he must just be a nerd that can't get laid. Like he does have the glasses <laughs> that, and and they've dressed the, him the in a way that actually like, we're going to yeah. straighten you out so much than get a couple of girls on you, kind of thing. Yeah, along those lines. If we can get two women on the Supreme Court, That's we can it. get one on Sammy. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, so he's just a nerd. Yeah. Um, and on my second watch through, I was like, ah, oh, no, okay, he's gay. He's yeah. gay. Right. And literally, that's the effort they go to with representation. I know, but then, but that's it for him until he actually comes out to his mum and even then it's a bit lacklustre. It's specifically for, because it's an interesting moment in Lilana's documentary she's making about her friends. Mm. That is what it is for. Yeah. So so not great. Like seemed fine to – this is – this whole rewatch is basically a, hey, Kate, things that seemed fine to you at the time in the <laughs> 90s when you were a teen that you also then didn't pick up on in your early 20s that now 20 years later you were realising, oh, look, wow, it makes, didn't, didn't had some inherent biases there. <laughs> it really makes you see how much you evolve mm. um, and how, and how much society has evolved. has evolved in yeah. even the last, I reckon even the last four or five, five years. years. Yeah. 
so much has evolved and there has been so much work done with the LGBTQI plus community and um, I just think that, yeah, we've come so far that that kind of stuff just wouldn't fly. Oh, no, no, no. Today. This is all very much of its time. If you were making a movie about these people... And, and they were know. probably pretty woke people for oh, yeah. in the early 90s. You know, there's talk about a TV series. Of this? Yes. How do I manage to do that? I well, do that it. all the time, don't I? Yes, I you have an movie. amazing skill for picking a movie <laughs> that that's being remade oh or being God. turned into something else. And I always have no idea. Yeah, I know. Like, that's the magical power. <gasps> but that's it. I think, it, like, if you were making this movie as a period piece set 30-ish years ago... Yeah. It would be very different. It, yes. Because it would have to be. Yeah. Oh, To yeah. make the characters sympathetic. Yeah. The, <laughs> like the first thing Troy says is awful. Like he congratulates uh, Lainey on her quick save in her speech and then immediately uh, jokes that she slept her way to the podium. Yeah. He's the worst. He is the worst, but we all still really root for him and love him and throughout I, the movie. And I was thinking about that while watching it because I – Because he I, has floppy hair. Because I went – no, we <laughs> liked him at the time because he had floppy hair. He still – look, he's, he, he still looks great in that movie and also now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know you didn't watch Moon Knight, but he was the villain in Moon Knight. Okay. He was really good in that. He gives good villain. Yeah. Uh, and he's been doing a lot of talk shows and stuff because he's had stuff to promote, but also his daughter Maya Hawke has been mm. doing very successfully. Yes, I see their lives that they do together. and that's they're very, very <laughs> Their relationship seems very sweet. Like I think she seems quite close to both her parents and that's always mm. lovely. And he's talked a little bit about her success and on talk shows and that's also always very charming where he was out one night to go to the movies and a fan came up and he's like, oh, look, sorry, I'm, I'm with my daughter. And, and then they were like not you, and start congratulating her on how great she was in Stranger Things. Yeah. And the kind of thing where he, he, he seems genuinely proud of her, which yeah. is also very well, sweet. She's pretty great. I mean, he's gorgeous in this and watching it again, going in knowing I'm going to have a very – I haven't watched this movie in a really long time. Mm. I've grown a lot mm. and I'm going to go in with a very different view of Troy than at the time, which was like, oh, he's so dreamy. Mm. <laughs> You are on his side as much as you are because it's a really good performance. It's a really nuanced yeah. performance. He shows a lot of emotions in very, very small. Um, he has these little micro expressions where you see what he's feeling. Well, he'll then, you know, do something that is a complete dick move. But the in the performance, you're seeing him have these emotions and mm. it, like, it works because he's so good. Yeah. Even though he... Is a terrible toxic person, the character Troy. Mm. You are on his side because he's handsome and charming, and because it's such a good performance yeah. that you do empathise with him, even though he is. A but bad also, boy. you kind of think that the other three friends in this group mm. are really nice people. Yeah. So I think you kind of automatically go, "Well, he can't be that bad because he wouldn't be able to." be with these people. I mean, yeah, and I, I do think that a lot in life. Like a friend of mine had a birthday party and brought a lot of different friends together recently to a dinner from different parts of her life and she'd been a bit stressed about it and I, and I remember thinking, it's like, but, like, you're great and all of the other friends that like we mm. have in common are great. I 100% completely trust that 
all of your other friends friends I don't know are great. Like, yeah. And they were all lovely people. Yeah. You know that this is a person who's going to draw good people to Mm. them. In my early 20s, my tolerance for dickishness was a lot higher than it is now, though. Well, yeah. And he's also the same age as you if you were in your 20s. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, definitely, I could not 100% say that. We're double his age now, basically. Totally. The character's age. Have you seen Scott Pilgrim? Yes. That's a movie that felt, considering it's a comic book superhero type mm-hmm. movie, but Scott, who is potentially going to be a better person, but at that time is not a particularly good person, I felt like I knew a lot of Scott Pilgrims yeah. at that age. Yeah. You know, just their brains aren't, the, the front part of their brain isn't fully developed yet and they're yeah. douchebags. Yeah. Well, that's pro- a lot of the, the guys that we know in our when we were in our 20s would have been like that. And they, yeah. that's why I find Troy really endearing because he seems very familiar. <laughs> I found him less endearing because he seems very familiar. Uh, okay, interesting. But, yeah, I'm, yeah, interesting. I I did not remember that, like, the first thing he says is, is a sexist joke. Yeah, I, did, I missed that too, I think. Kind of went over my head maybe. Mm. But we get a lot of – the footage at this point is is through the video Yeah, cameras. so she's making a doco about her friends. Yeah. Now, my gripe with the making the doco about the friends is that everyone's hyping it up going like later on going, oh, it's so good, it's so good. I'm like, this is shit. You got <laughs> shit. They're not that great. They're not that interesting to make a doco about. Like it that the sub like as a whole, the movie is really interesting and really great. But and it makes the point just, about these young people that the idea is that her documentary is is talking about these young people trying to find their identities in yeah. in, a, in a world that where that's quite difficult and that's the point of her documentary. The movie does it a lot more successfully than we see the documentary. Yes, doing it. exactly, exactly. I enjoy that Michael then used the documentary though to invent reality TV. Yeah. Well, great, and I thank him for that. I I think when I first saw it, I do not think I understood that that I I didn't have the imagination to understand that that genre was really going to happen. No, I think did the had the real world just what what year? I wonder what year the real world started because that was the kind of first. Mm. Yeah, ninety two. Okay, so So it it existed. Yeah, it had just kind of come out, and so I guess that's where that kind of Mm. came from. Where instead of us. We could just have people in the house. We will do it like doco style, I guess. Well, and that's what real world was like. They were allowed out of the house. They were too, they, weren't they? They were, it wasn't big brothery. No, it was put. It was more like um, oh, and there's some of the ones they make in Japan and in Korea now. It's more similar like that. Okay. Where it is the we put a group of people to house share together. Mm-hmm. Very much. <laughs> Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore, yeah. I, oh, I'm actually sorry. It's all coming together to why that this is my favorite genre of reality show. It's the putting a bunch of people to that don't know each other, at don't the know start. each other, and have been cast specifically so that they will clash. Yes, into a housemate situation. Yeah, and then give them a lot of booze and situations. Yeah, yeah. It's because the first reality show I would have watched it was. After this, it was a few years after this, but it was real world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so she's doing this film. Yeah. 
We then cut to her going to her grad dinner where she takes Troy too. And I think I was still confused at this stage whether they were an item, mm. whether they were together um, or friends. I think I felt that they were together yeah. at this point because she like, could have taken Vicky to her grad. There's a couple of bits later in the movie where they talk about being best friends. And I think that's interesting because, frankly, what we see in the movie is that Vicky is her and best Milana friend. are best friends. Yeah. And what we keep being told is that Troy is her best friend. It's like, yeah, but we're not seeing that yeah. in the movie. I think this that's is one of the That's because you just secretly criticism. love him. Yeah. And she wants to be close to him. Yeah. And so she's verbalising that mm. and wanting that to happen. And he's but also verbalising that. But in reality, like, you're actually closer to Vicky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So it was something that I was like, I did not remember them saying that so many times in the film at all that they were best friends. And I always thought it was weird that he was at the dinner. Yeah. Because I have well, always I just viewed where the I just movie assumed. as Vicky's her best friend. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So we get to see the divorced parents. So her mum, played by Swoozie Kurtz, cutting up her husband's meat. Yeah, who's like... Which is just a great <laughs> little character piece if it tells you much all younger of this stuff about this, these characters. Um, her, her dad and his wife, uh, so she gets her graduation present of Mm -hmm. the secondhand BMW and her dad's gas card for a Mm -hmm. year, which is foreshadowing. Yeah. Great present though. Like that's a great present. That is actually for first, first year out of uni, even though she already has work. That's life change. Yeah. And this is America. They're in Houston. They're, it's a, like it's a driving city from what I can tell from the movie. Yeah, I would say Houston's pretty big. I would say it's probably like a Melbourne where you, you drive. Yeah. It definitely looked like that. We see the characters driving a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we see... The, we see sort of a montage of, you know, and now they're getting on with life and mm-hmm. Vicky, like some guy's leaving Vicky's room the next day and we see that she's, you know, keeping her sex yep. list. Yep. We Got see little black book. Ethan Hawke leaving Renelle Zellweger's. Yeah. Renelle. Renee. Renee Zellweger's house. Sorry, I just got so – because I've written it. excited. In my notes in all caps because I did not recognise her I I had to go back. Yeah, I did the same. I, I was like, I, I was like, on. hang on a minute, hang on. The the call me, um, Tammy. Who? Hang on. And then I expected because then I saw that it was Renee. I went, oh, I didn't know she was in this, and I was kind of expecting her to pop to up, pop up again, and no. never again. So a whole scene. Yeah. It's look. It's always really pleasant. Like we we're talking about before, when someone quite famous pops up like that, you're like, oh, look at you. Mm. Um, I did get extremely excited yeah. about that. And she is a real-life Texan. She is. I don't know if they filmed in Texas or not. We see what uh, Lalana is up to, which is she's working on a morning show called Good Morning Grant. Yeah, um, yeah. so Grant is like the, the guy. dad from Frasier. Yeah. Okay. Like it should just be called Good Morning Houston and then maybe if they had called it Good Morning Houston, I wouldn't have had to Google towards the end of the movie to find out where they were. <laughs> So, yes, the dad from Frasier pops up. And the late, great John Marnie. Yeah. yeah, and he's doing like your Good Morning America kind of I had also forgotten thing. that that was him. Like I remembered that character and how her leaving her job plays out very clearly. But I also had to connect it was him. Because I yeah. think Frasier started around the same yeah, time. Yeah, well, because I <laughs> stupidly went, 
wow, he didn't age at all. <laughs> and, then I I mean, kinda, and then I kind of went, oh, they would have been filmed around the same time, Amy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just because your mum still watches Frasier every now and then doesn't mean that it's just happened. Yeah. No, no. Elena works in TV, which is mm-hmm. like it's a pretty good job. Um. I love I love movies like this where you where it's made at the time and you get to hear like dollar amounts of actually talk about how much money yeah they're like four hundred four hundred dollars a week which she is is posed a couple of times both as like good and bad like it's yes. only four hundred dollars a week but on the other hand for their lifestyle and rent four hundred dollars a week is was good. okay yeah. yeah um I also enjoyed that it was like showed the time that it was like pre teleprompter. I think because yeah. he's reading off cards. Yeah, Important I don't plot remember point. that happening. Like, I also I don't, don't remember, remember that, that happening. happening. I don't feel on Hey Hey It's Saturday at this time. Daryl was reading off cards. Maybe they had the big cards. Maybe I remember they. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know why I'm using Hey Hey It's Saturday as my example. <laughs> Neither do I. When we watched so much um, Ray Martin's midday show, <laughs> but I do remember with Hey Hey It's Saturday. Sometimes I remember they used to turn the camera around, and someone yes. would be standing there. Yes, some guy that looked a bit like Merv Hughes <laughs> would be standing there. You know the one I'm yeah, talking I do. about. I do. Would be standing there with a big blue card that's written on in texter. So which they mustn't have had tally, like how we know it now, the scrolling yeah. tally prompt. Which is how they do it on Saturday Night Live, I think even now. Oh, okay. Because things can be changing so quickly, quickly. that I don't understand now how teleprompter is well, a You could type. change it quickly. Like, sure, okay, surely now teleprompter is basically a big, iPad. a big TV. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I don't, look, I don't know enough about they TV have, look, to know what's true. In the Anchorman, which is set before this, they had teleprompters for um, like the news reading. Oh, yeah, good point. I don't know, but I he has. But he has cards. Maybe he's just old school. He's reading off cards. He, clearly, it's also because they kind of need it for the plot. Yes. So Vicky's th- working at the Gap, and I really enjoyed this scene. Yeah. I loved seeing all the denim, and I yeah. would still today wear all of the denim. Well, I'm such a denim girl. I that, love denim. All of that denim and chambray is kind of back in. Yeah. Like a, a lot of these outfits, I cannot get over how brown all of the clothes were. But I also then yeah, remember it was my a really own, brown era, wasn't it? You were a brown 90s. person. Yeah. More so it, than me, I wasn't really a brown Person. Did a lot of thrift shopping. Like yeah. I was very, was very inspired by the looks in this show. Yeah, in this movie. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. That makes sense. And I definitely had Vicky's eyebrows. Oh, we well, we all had Vicky's, we all had eyebrows. Vicky's eyebrows. They're not as thin as they could be, but they're pretty thin. I didn't smoke, but the eyebrows, um, the cute sort of vintage dresses, mm-hmm. the whole, yeah. Yeah, the shift dresses. When, Winona's cute little – like she has a lot of really cute little blouses. Mm. There are a lot of outfits in this that I still really enjoy. Yes. Yeah. I think almost everything – Troy is very brown. Yeah, he's very, very brown. Mm. We, we've we got a car scene where – The best song in the world is playing. Vicky and Lilana are driving along and smoking and then they're laughing at – Ben yeah, Stiller. I would laugh at him too. He's the biggest douchebag. <laughs> okay, look, he's introduced as kind of a wanker at this point. He's got a – Yeah, and I don't think I ever lost that for his character. I, I know that at some point we were meant to kind of be endeared by him and feel a bit sorry for him that 
Troy was targeting him and uh, I don't feel sorry for him, but I completely I just, disagree. I think he's very oh. sympathetic and I think this is a case where we were wrong about this guy the whole time. But his introduction does make him look kind of like a tool where he comes in and he's got rap blaring and he's got the convertible Saab and he's on the car. Saab. The, the, Remember Saabs? Yes. Were, forgotten about Saabs aren't really a no the, big the car company now. were bust about 10 years ago oh really no well Saabs now well, that's, that's why, why. <laughs> <laughs> i had no idea no well <laughs> i just was like Saab i haven't heard of them in 10 years i think i found out somehow because i saw something about them going bust and being like well that's what happened to them <laughs> wasn't something i was paying attention to i mean he does kind of look like a tool he's got his Big shouldered suit. He's got his car phone. When this is pre, mm-hmm. most people mobiles, having mobile, yeah. having like portable. Well, there's mobiles. no mobiles in the movie. No, really, this was the he has one later. Okay, but again, it's pretty gigantic. This is the point in history when the people who had mobile phones were well, they often had a car phone mm. like the one he's got, or they were a builder and they had one of those massive brick type phones like mm. that, that were huge. Yeah, it's just pre. Mobile phones yeah. becoming. He also is, ha, has a roadmap out, which I thought was very kind of how we had to do it mm, yeah. back in the nineties. Do you remember Melways? Yeah. yeah, Grandma got all of us a Melways for yes. our eighteenth birthday. So we'd all get our license, and then, <laughs> and that was super useful. Use that for years. There was a time in my life where I knew what Melways map I lived on. Yeah, I don't remember it now, but. Yeah. It's really useful information. Or you'd look something up, like there might be an ad and it would tell you the Melway's page and grid reference yes. for a location to help you find it. Yeah. Um, these are the kind of stories that I love telling your children. I know. To these make are it sound skills. like we're from the dark ages. But these are skills that like yeah. are lost now. Like yeah. map reading, how we all just had – it was like vital for us to be able to read a map. Read a paper map, yeah. Mm. This is like – very bad behaviour, Lilana. Um, like she flicks her cigarette out of her car after laughing at this man. Does she mean to flick it into his car? I don't – my take is I don't think she meant to, but she was being extremely careless and that if he did sue her over it, she was probably stuffed. Yeah. So she sets his CDs and – because he's got CDs, CDs everywhere. Yeah. Can relate to that. Like um, I do still play CDs in my car too. Um because still got a CD player in the in in the dash, oh, uh, but I don't have I don't have like all of my CDs strewn across my car like this. But you know, in my twenties, I did. You needed to be able to grab them quickly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then put them in my disc man that had the tape thing plugged into the oh, tape. Really? Yeah. Is that how you did it? Anyway, between the map and the CDs, Michael's car goes on fire, and then he has a. They have a bingle. <laughs> Um and his, his airbag, goes, airbag off, goes off, which late. I think is really really funny because I remember around that time it was a little bit kind of like oh fancy cars have airbags yeah. and it was was a bit of a it just kind of solidified like this guy's a wanker guys yeah. I think that's the whole airbag yeah. thing was just to show look he's a tosser like he's got an airbag going off and I don't think it, yes. such a funny thing to be able to go in the nice oh wanker with his safety airbag but see, and that's it the airbag joke doesn't play like that anymore but you're totally right this was like oh my god this fancy guy in his fancy car with his airbags <laughs> safety and so we cut to then and I'm just, oh my god, they're just so young looking. We cut to 
Michael and Lilana having a conversation where Michael's lawyer is recommending that mm. he sue her over the accident so it doesn't affect his insurance rates. And this is kind of their meet cute. He, we're meeting him at work. He's the vice president of regional programming for In Your Face MTV with an edge, which is like <laughs> super wanky, but again. Yeah, I can super, see it in the. I can super see wanky, it. but not treated as wanky by any of the characters in the movie. They are fully bought into the. Oh, yeah, it's like MTV, MTV. with an edge. It's great. Yeah. Um, it was a nice time being enthusiastic about music television. Mm hmm. So this was the time where MTV kind of stopped being just music videos then, hey? Yes, they had just started like actual other programming. Mm. So he's it's it is really timely this whole idea of him working at a station like that bringing in other kinds of programming. Yeah. In a way that MTV is like barely music videos now. Yeah. Basically, they have a meet cute and they agree. He agrees he's not going to sue her because she's a shambles, but she's a very, very cute shambles. Yeah, I think I think it really. I don't want to. I'm not going to sue you because I want to date you. Yeah, was yeah. The real thing happening here. Yeah. And it's played because also in hindsight, I'd never thought of it this way. In hindsight, it could have been played as kind of a creepy of the I won't sue you, but and then you feel coerced to go on the date. It's not played mm. like that at all. She's very interested in going. Yeah, no. On the date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. So we find out now too that Vicky and Liana live together. I think this is the first time that we kind of see yeah. their apartment and that they live together. Um, I think we also see at this point <laughs> where we see that Troy is like working at like a newsstand. Also a thing that now also doesn't exist even though that was a part of our young lives. Yeah. So he's at the newsstand and he grabs the Snickers and he opens the Snickers and my brain went – Oh, back in a time where you could just grab a Snickers while you were working. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, yeah, just grab a Snickers. And I, I don't know why I thought that. But I was just like, yeah, I felt like, yeah, he could have a He's working. He could have a Snickers. And then it turns out like a couple of scenes later, they're like, yeah, he got fired because he stole a Snickers and he can rationalise it because they're a big corporation. And I was like, oh, I could, I could too. <laughs> I'm on his side. He, he's like, I've, I've never I've done bought that, a guys. Snickers I've today never. to have because. Is that why you bought me a Mars bar? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was really good. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've had a, a Mars bar in a really long time. I'm on his side. I'm on his side. Me it's like, too. Like if you can't have a Snickers every once in a while while you're sitting there bored shitless at your newsstand or in your petrol station job, like. I don't feel like that's a sackable offence. No, that's a – maybe he st I feel like steals Snickers a lot and maybe he's been warned. But I feel like – say it okay, like yeah. that. It's, if you're not supposed to do that, give a warning. Mm. But you know that that's minimum wage. You know that that's an incredibly, terribly paid yeah. job. And that then they're going to – I'm like – and then they sacked him over stealing a Snickers – but I love we that my brain. It's his first I love how your brain was just like, my oh, brain this is just chill. Back in the day when you could just take a Snickers. I remember Those at the time. Were the days. No, I remember thinking, I'm pretty sure I thought at the time, it's like, yeah, he shouldn't have done that. That's bad. And now I'm like, oh. join a union, <laughs> boy. That's ridiculous that they fired you for that. It's one of the few times in this movie where I do feel like I'm coming down on Troy's side on something. <laughs> yeah. I was like, 
So Troy is moving in and crash, going to crash on their couch mm. with Vicky. Lilana is finding this out as it's happening and they have a bit of a snipe. We get to see some of their, I guess, what was unresolved sexual tension. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Where they're just bitching at each other because they want to be in a relationship but they're both too emotionally immature to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that about right? Yeah, I think so. So we get some more bits from her documentary, from Lilana's documentary. Oh, we also get a couple of uses of the R word, something that wouldn't fly now. Oh, and that I really know. didn't notice at the time, but seemed really well, no, jarring because now. because it was something that we used to, I think we all used yeah. to say it. Like, it just, it wasn't. Um, it was never a good word, but no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, the understanding of it as a, a an awful a thing slur. to say. Yeah, as a slur has really better down in the last few years it's, yeah. it's really better understood there's like nah we don't use that word at all yeah and it's, it's interesting to oh. know but there'll be words yeah. that we use today that oh, we yeah. you know in 10 years time will be like oh my god i can't believe we just all used to say that yeah so vicky gets promoted to manager of the gap and she's also making mm-hmm. 400 dollars a week so yes cha-ching cha-ching they're 800 a week which like, back in the early okay so <laughs> Today, minimum wage here in Australia is $812 a week. So back in 94, I can understand that that's probably not too bad. I think also minimum wage hasn't grown in the US. No, well, we've got better standards. Basically at all. Yeah. And they're both in jobs where they're not really going to get tips, are you? No, true. And Lilana is feeding everyone. Basically, they're like... Because, you know, they are still broke. Mm. She's uh, doing a lot of snack grocery shopping. Yeah, so they they wanted pizza. They're like, oh, if we promise to pay you back, will you order us a pizza? I ordered pizza for my kids last night. Oh, yum. Good mum. Good mum. And you know what? It was purely because I had this movie on because my eldest had asked me, can we order pizza tonight? And I said... No, no, I'll make something. And then I was in my room. I think I was, I was actually reorganising my T-shirts <laughs> while I had this on. And I um, got to the pizza <laughs> scene and I was like, order pizza. Hmm. All right, I'll order pizza. <laughs> nice. I went out and said, I will order you a pizza. Like I was a hero. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> So we have Michael and Alana go on a date. It goes quite well. Michael works out immediately that Lilana and Troy have a vibe mm. and he's trying to suss out what's well, going on there. Well, because when he comes to pick Lilana up, they're kind of playing some kind of game. It's like a pop culture references for some, for a piece of pop culture that I don't know what it is. Oh, it was for um, – who talking about, Willis? Um. Different, different strokes. strokes. Oh, it's different strokes. Yeah, it's about okay, different strokes because yeah. they're watching that on TV okay, right. and then they start talking about how about the time and I recognise the name yeah. that they were using. Yeah, so it's about different strokes. And they kind of – he comes in and they kind of say, oh, hi, but then they ignore him. And then mm. when Lilana comes out, Troy, he makes snipey, jealous yeah. remarks. You would you would at least be suspicious that something has gone on in the past yeah. between and them. wants to know you know other, like not in a creepy way but just the 
you know, are you living together? Like, what's the situation? Yeah. And, yeah. and so she fills him a bit on the, the past. We learn a bit about Michael. So it sounds like he dropped out of college. He didn't, like, finish college and he got this, like, oh. pretty good job. But in general, there's no, like, negging from him. He's supportive and emotionally open. And I'm watching it this time going, yeah, he did seem a bit like a tool at the start, but actually he seems like a decent guy with a good income and Not my goals. type in my 20s. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, because we are like toxic, terrible goblin men in our 20s. But in hindsight, it's like this guy with goals and dreams and a career, actually great. Also mm-hmm. just Ben Stiller is a good director. This scene, there's like a lot of good comic moments that, I'd forgotten that this movie is quite funny, yeah. Uh, and just like the when they have they're, they're having their makeout scene, they're hanging out in the car and they're talking about music and the you know astronomy and just you know like having a nice first date chat, and then they start making up in the, in the big gulp cups. Yes, like it's it's played for for some light humor and it works really really yes. well. And then when Lainey comes in later and she's coming back into the house, Troy is an absolute yeah. bastard yeah. about it. Yeah. Just a tool. Like he's sitting on the couch waiting up for her. Yeah. And she's like coming in quietly to not, you know, wake up the house. And he switches the light on like a fucking deranged psycho (laughs) and starts singing the song at her that they were listening to in the car when she's making out with Michael and we see uh, Troy come home from playing a terrible gig with this terrible band. And so, and then, yeah, basically just like is an absolute dick to her about it. Just... A real asshole. Yeah. He's not her best friend. Vicky no, is her best not, friend. he's not her best friend. And I loved, they, they were like starting to call him a yuppie and I'd forgotten that that word existed. Mm, we don't use that one no. anymore. That kind of just dropped out, didn't it? Yep. I mean, I guess he was. He was a young urban professional. But, uh. Was that what yuppie? Young urban professional, professionally. Yeah. I'm yeah. just trying to get the yuppie. Well, like hippie, but then it was like right. yuppie. I don't know if hippie uh, stood for something or what hippie was, but yeah, the young urban professional E. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's acting like a – why acting like a jealous boyfriend all of a sudden? Okay, so – in my early 20s, if that happened to me, I would have eaten it up. I would have loved that so much <laughs> if I'd come home. The drama. I would have loved it. would have been like, yeah, he loves me. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched it and read it like that. I'm like, he yeah. loves oh, it. No. He's behaving so bad. But at the time, if I was her, I would have just been like, yeah. Yeah. And that's I've why got- I didn't read it as a problem in my 20s because it was just like <gasps> the drama and like, Later in the movie, after Lilana and Troy have slept together and then things, like, she sees Sammy and Vicky and they both, like, Sammy's got, like, is he working at the bar? But he kind of comes, he looks like he's working. I don't know. I never know what was going on with Sammy. He just kind of showed up every now and don't tell us very much about Sammy, but he comes by and he seems to be, like, holding a tray like he's busting drinks or something. And he's like, it might have just been his round. Who knows? Tell me it didn't. Tell me it's not true or something like that. And I'm like. You all just fucking love the drama of it. Yeah, You're all just of course like, they do. They're in their twenties, not yeah. huge life things. Should and look, this is what you should be worrying about when you're in your twenties, like, and not huge life events. We thought these were huge life events at the time, but yeah, it's good fortune to be able to just be 
reveling in the drama of it all yeah. in your 20s. If, if you can afford to be doing that, that's pretty great. I did not pick up on this as a problem at the time because I was exactly the same. I'm just like, oh, the drama of it all. So, yeah, no, hmm. absolutely. Shouldn't – I don't have any right to criticise these characters for being like that because I was exactly like that. Yeah, of course. But as – a and much he's older behaving, person. but he's behaving probably pretty identical to how twenty-year-old boys behave now. I think that's just how people behave. We can still expect better, of course we can, but expecting better doesn't mean that it's actually going to happen. Unfortunately, valid point. <laughs> so Vicky has to go to the AIDS clinic to get tested because one of her friends has tested positive. She's pretty um, pretty shaken up and mm. scared and it was quite poignant, this scene. It was only really short but it was kind of like, yeah, that's the. this is what I mean when it's a time capsule. Yeah, this is definitely this is, the best part of Lilana's documentary. Yeah. And because we now live in a world where HIV is still very much a health problem but it is a much more treatable problem. Mm-hmm. Um, with prep the mul- yeah, with prep and multi drug treatments, basically, HIV diagnosis does not mean you're going to d- imminently die. No, and that was not the case in the nineties. Uh-huh. The drug treatments did not exist yet, and there was still a lot of social, st- like a lot more. The, it, the stigma isn't totally gone, but there was a lot more social stigma. Mm-hmm. It is very much a time capsule. It's like it comes up a lot in the plot, just as a casual. This is a looming existential threat yeah. over all of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I think in the movie actually did hold up quite well, even though mm. the situation is different now. Mm. It's it's quite It was good. handled. It was handled well. Yeah. So Leilana's trying to get her documentary as one of the video segments on Good Morning Grant. And <laughs> we've previously seen that like the caliber of video segments is like it was a special report on children's birthday party themes mm, and so diet, dieting at one yeah, point i think chef skinny ninny oh okay that, that, that's burned into my mind mm-hmm. yeah it's it's clearly not the kind of content mm. um, when she leaves the room and the producer's talking to grant about it he's like no way he also calls her pointy faces mm. pointy faces why have to be fired her yet yeah. when I, you should have sacked her when i told you to or something like that so she does the thing that is extremely funny and i definitely in my 20s thought it was great and in hindsight i was like this is a terrible move but it was also oh, it's it's not great but it it's was also, wrong but it's still great and it was also before the in- internet and linkedin so Basically, mm. it was a lot easier to bury your other references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one will and, ever have to know. And get away with doing yes. terrible things. So, yes. you know, it also maybe was a piece of her time. So, yeah, apparently Grant can't um, – he doesn't do any, like, prep work or reading and he's completely reliant on his cue cards. Mm. So she writes a cue card that implies he's a pedo mm-hmm. and gets herself fired. Mm-hmm. Um, and then comes home and tells everyone that she's lost her job and it's yeah. going to be okay. And then immediately upsets Vicky by refusing to work at the gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't work there. Like, come on. You've got to be sensitive with these things. It was, it was really rude and thoughtless, but also in a position of, I know you've been fortunate enough to do like get a job in your field straight away out of uni, but look, some of us have to work retail. Mm-hmm. Go and work at the Gap for a bit, so you've got money coming in. Like, do it yeah. part time. And look, and and in the end, she's like having to like try and get a job at a hot dog 
restaurant yes. and stuff. So, mm. yeah, so she goes for basically every other journalism sort of basically entry-level job. Yeah, you're too qualified. Houston. You're not qualified enough. The woman who rejects her from the newspaper is Ben Stiller's mum. Oh, wow. And Mera. So Troy takes her on a walk to make her feel better and they start having a bit of a pash. Yep. Life. He makes his move. Yeah. Shoots his shot. Um, and it was just like, oh, we, I can't. I can't right now. But far out. She absolutely <laughs> could dump Michael and get together with Troy and – but then we wouldn't have a second half of the movie. Yeah, like true. basically the whole reason is she's she kind of likes Michael because he's objectively a better person mm. and we need a second half of this movie mm-hmm. so they can't get together yet. She gets a job at, a job at Burger Rama with David Spade. She then just spends her days chain smoking, asking her mum for no, loans. No, she doesn't even get that job. Oh, she's she just doesn't. unemployed. Oh, she, she does goes, the interview. She goes to get a job. Yeah, okay. She yeah. doesn't even get that. So she asks her mum for a loan. She spends her day chain smoking. That's pretty funny and though. And calling psychics. Her stepdad is like, is it for drugs? <laughs> and she's like, no, it's because I've lost my job. And then her yeah, her mum's like, go to Burgerama. Yes. And she's like, I, and she's she's being a bit up herself about it. And look, she was the valedictorian of her university and that matters, but it's worth it for the payoff joke from her stepdad who's like, you don't have to put that on your CV. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny, but also, like, she's not getting these jobs because she is overqualified. Yeah. So she starts using her gas card to make money. Yeah. So she's – Sorry, I stepped on your bit where she's calling the psychic hotline and yes. racks up a huge f- phone, phone bill. bill. So, yeah, imagine that – $400 is what you make on minimum wage and she's racked up a $400 phone bill. So it's a week's wages yes. worth of phone bill. That is a massive on phone psychics. bill. On I just made a time capsule again, all the ads, remember, late at night. Yeah, LaToya Jackson. Psychics. So she uses the gas card to make money. So her scam is to pretty much go and pay for people's gas on, on the, the gas card. card and then they give her cash. Yeah. So her because her dad won't help her out because he's like be resourceful and yeah. so she is, which frankly, good for her. Yeah, it's it is a bit of a fuck you to the dad, but mm-hmm. eh, no one no one feels particularly bad for the dad. Yeah, Troy is really then kind of um, a bit of a tool to Lilana at this point. He's butt hurt and you stay sympathetic with Troy. I think at this point is because. The performance is really yeah. good because you can see how hurt he is, even as he's being quite mean to her and quite cruel. Yeah, you can see it's coming from this place place of being hurt himself. Hurt, yeah. And he wanted to be vulnerable and then got rejected, so now he's being a tool. Mm-hmm. It's all in the performance. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, it just this movie would not work very well if he particularly wasn't so good. Yeah, agree. Not that you know, Winona, um, Antonin Garofalo, and Ben Stiller are all really good, but. Yeah, Ethan Hawke is is really incredible in this. They talk a lot in this movie about how bad the job market is and it's really depressing to look at how much worse it is if you're coming Mm. out of school or uni. Like, it's just so much worse. Yeah. There's a crack early on where Grant's like, I could replace you with an intern to, you know, do this job for free. And then it's like, oh, absolutely. Like, there's absolutely no way you'd be paying someone a living wage straight out of university for a job like that now. Yeah, no. It'd be like three to five years 
experience minimum mm. possibly for it's like that part's really terrible so this next part really confused me Lainey and Vicky go to a coffee shop mm-hmm. because they've had this fight and Vicky's like, come on, I'll take you to the coffee oh, shop. Oh, yeah, Vicky and – so, yeah, Lainey and Troy have the real yeah, drag-out fight. They're really fight. vicious. Yes. He, it's saying that he needs to grow up and blah, blah, blah. And she's got a point. Like, the oh, thing is he – Of course. His lack of commitment to anything, mm. he, he's on the track to, to being a loser. Yeah. he's. I want to say he's not going to be, like, young and hot forever, but – I've seen Ethan yes. Hawke. He, he stays hot forever. Yeah. <laughs> that said, Ethan Hawke is a much more hardworking person than Troy. Probably. So they're at the coffee shop and Michael calls her at the coffee shop. Yes. This is back in the olden days where sometimes when we didn't have mobile phones and sometimes what you do is you would have a, f- a little book, an address book, and you would have like random phone numbers of like, your friends' workplaces and, like, your friends' parents' friends and the bar because sometimes you would, like, need to get in touch with someone and you'd be like, where are they? And you would call random places to find them. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Literally, he's, like, clearly he must have called the house. Yeah, called the house. She's not working. And he would have been like, oh, at this time of day, he probably has the number for the gap. And at that time of day, he's not going to be able to get Vicky there. But I guarantee you that that would have been one of the places he would have called if he was trying to get her during the day. Yeah. <laughs> Call Vicky and find out where she is. So he's called the coffee shop. I know it's it's not a thing that would happen now, but I do th- believe that is Oh, I'm sure realistic. it really happened. But I was also just baffled as to like how did he know she was going to be at the coffee shop and how does he just get that? Like it was just still a stretch yeah. a little bit for me. He accidentally says that he loves her on, while he's on the phone. So, yeah, he this is not great behaviour but against without her permission took some of her tapes to oh, show yes. to the big, um, the big network weeks. meeting in New York and they loved it and they mm. want to buy it. Mm. And a big part of her being fine with that is she is completely broke. Yeah, and needs and the is, cash. frankly, a little unrealistic that she was so broke and dating this guy and it never occurred to her that maybe she should, you know, mm. sell, the, sell her material. Mm. Like it's not even using her boyfriend to get a job. It's like it's a – I think that's one of the things that Gen X would be like, oh, no, you can't, you can't do that. It's selling out. And millennials are just like, it's a good networking opportunity. Of course, I'm going to do this. Yes. Yeah. There's a business. There was a lot of, you're a sellout from that <sighs> era, wasn't there? It was this, you can't the, sell out the, and stuff. The absolute Bands horror that, you know, of making money and yeah, being successful. Played on the how radio, dare how dare you. How dare you actually mm-hmm. make money from your art and the thing that you care about. Yeah. And I understand that making money from something that you care about as a creative pursuit is fraught, mm-hmm. but it was just this absolute sin that now it's like, well, the job market, everything is so much worse. Let let her make money. So it's good timing, even though he, he didn't get her permission to mm-hmm. do that. It's not the worst thing he does. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. This is when Sammy comes out. Oh, yeah, he comes. They have like a staged coming out to his mum. Yeah, they have a practice. Yeah, and then he really does and we get a bit of um, video after it. Yeah. 
again, just to kind of make Lilana and her documentary more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Vic, Vicky doesn't have HIV, which is great. Woohoo. Michael comes over and Troy and Michael have a big argument. Yeah. And someone, I don't know who says it, but I've written this down. You don't know what she needs. Oh, okay. So they it's a good – I feel like this is a good scene and they're both really good performances there where Troy is more articulate. It's The point has been made a bunch of times in the movie that he's very smart. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's, got he's got a, a really big IQ. IQ. But he f- flunked out of his Bachelor of Finance because, of course, it was a Bachelor of Finance. Um, with a major in f- f- philosophy and – Michael is less articulate, but he does have Troy pegged. Like, Michael is less articulate, but he understands where Troy is coming from and that a bunch of it is jealousy. And a lot of his behaviour is this self-protecting by being too cool and too smart and too mm-hmm. good for everybody. Mm-hmm. And and the way that if you never try, then you can't fail. But what do you actually get out of life when you do that? Yeah. And... Lilana comes out in this beautiful dress. They're going oh, to the network gorgeous, isn't it? screening of her show. It's so beautiful. Michael tells her she's beautiful. Troy says she looks like a doily mm-hmm. and he's really mean to her about it. Mm-hmm. And Michael insists on having a crack at, at Troy. Not not physically, but they have a bit of a an argument. And Troy says something about what Lilana needs. And Michael turns around as the, I know what she needs in a way you never will. I the jab about I'm mm. sleeping with her and you're not. Mm. Which really does get to Troy. Yeah. But also stop trying to argue about what women need, men. Yeah. And then what happens is Michael's worst moment where mm. they go to the network screening. Lilana is young and should have been given the opportunity to watch what they'd edited. Oh, I know. It's terrible, isn't I it? Definitely that you have think, to yeah. see it with everybody else. I definitely don't think that she would have final cut. Of course they would take the cut and they would they would do the edit. Like, you know, she doesn't have a name in the industry. Mm. She wouldn't have been able to she doesn't have an agent. She wouldn't have been able to negotiate this. But I think as her partner and the person sort of negotiating it, Michael really failed her by not mm. negotiating a better deal. And also then he didn't watch it before that. I know. He should have watched it. He didn't it, do his job. And he should have given her the opportunity to watch it. So it's mm-hmm. like she didn't get any of the advantages of her boyfriend being the vice president. So it yeah, goes well, really badly. he didn't badly. even get any advantage. Like if you're the vice yeah. president, you should be yeah. seeing stuff before you're at a party. Yeah. Honestly. And – it's like he's, it's him doing his job badly, but it's also him doing the relationship badly because mm-hmm. he should have watched it and she should have been prepared. Yeah. So she's validly really annoyed yeah. about that. They completely just a, butcher it. Yeah. Like it's bad. Mm. And it's definitely cut in a way that is not unrealistic but played for laughs, played uh-huh. up to show that it's it's not being taken seriously at all. It's, yeah, it's, being it's not cut the documentary at, that to, she was – yeah. Envisioning. Something I didn't think about literally until this rewatching was like, did, how have they signed away the rights to her friends? Like, I know. Well, I felt that straight. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, wow, her friends are really cool. Like, she's just gone, yeah, I'll sell it. And now these friends are just going to be on MTV. Like, with no, with no, like, and Troy, I don't think Troy would really be down I with think that. Any of her friends like, would be down with it. And, and someone's just come out and. There's footage of them smoking pot in a country where at the time that was definitely not legal. Yeah. 
this is our, our media literacy around the kinds of money that can be made by participating in mm-hmm. um, reality TV exist in a way that at the time it was just like, this could happen and that's it. Like you, if you made this movie now, it would be that would definitely be a plot line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just didn't make sense in the mid-90s for it to be a plot line. No, because we didn't know about it. About it. So, yeah, I also had like thought at the time, it was like, yeah, that was really bad, but maybe having – just maybe having had jobs – I'm so much more aware of how Michael fucked that up. Oh, yeah. It was pretty not, bad. Not media jobs, but, you know, just, yeah. It was pretty job. bad. It was incompetent. Yeah. And so that's when Lilana's home and she's, you know, feeling sad about it and Troy mm. is actually not a dick to her for once mm. and is immediately rewarded with sex for mm. not being a dick for five whole minutes in yeah, a row. Yeah, because we're in our 20s and that's, yeah. <laughs> that's and how very, it works. And he's being nice and supportive and pretty, and then immediately the next morning reverts to type and is like, okay, now I have to bail because that's what I do. Look, Troy really needs – he's had a lot of issues with his family, like, and it's brought up a few times. He is a really good candidate for some therapy um, to sort out some shit and sort out some abandonment issues that he's got and why he um, is pushing people away that want to get close to him. That's an excellent point. So Lilana's pretty upset and she goes to the bar that night where his band are playing. Mm-hmm. Oh, he plays a great song. Oh, <laughs> oh God. I mean, their song that is their song, though, is terrible. A thing that I don't remember noticing was that every member of that band looks like they're in a different genre of band. Oh, really? I didn't notice. Uh, their drummer kind of looks... Maybe that's why like they're really pretty, shit because yeah, they've all got different tastes. Pretty generically... I, I felt like just like a generic rock drummer and the guitarist looks like he's in a metal band oh. and the bass player's got like like board shorts and a, like a completely yes, yes, open yes. shirt and a bucket hat yeah, I and saw Troy him. is extremely like early grunge mm. and just they all look like they're in a different genre well, that's which why I think is shit. why they're terrible they, <laughs> and they are terrible. So and yeah, Vicky and Sam... Sammy both like have a crack at her about like, like okay, everyone this immediately is knows. I know, but this is also like frustrating of like now they're like, no, oh, you slept with him when, you know, half an hour earlier in the movie they're like, you guys need to just get it on and get it over with kind of thing. And now oh, totally. And now you're like, no, oh, you did it. hundred <laughs> okay. percent it's all about the drama. Yeah. And they're just loving the drama. Yeah. Um, you know, the time in your life when your friends are your soap opera mm-hmm. and you are their soap opera. Mm-hmm. Do not miss it. No, I don't miss it at either. all. Because the problem with that is that you are part of the soap opera too and you've got no control over when, when you get a plot line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, his band are, like, awful. Troy is then, like, he makes eye contact and he's going to come and talk to Lilana, but he has to take a phone call. And these phone calls. No, well, but that's put it together, and he wants to talk to her. And then Michael shows up to talk to her, and then mm. Troy comes over and is a dick. He finds out that his dad's, dad's de- dead or yeah. about to die on that phone call. Yeah, I know, but it's just so the phone. Yeah. The phone calls in this movie are next level. The amount of times the phone, the landlines ring in this movie around all over the place. These, can you imagine all of these people would have been early adopters of mobile phones when oh, they became they would more have common? They needed them. 
these because people. they were all like, "Oh, thank God, I can stop calling every <laughs> bar in so town." So much communication going on. When off. I need, like, can you imagine these people f- discovering texting? Oh my god, yeah, loving their lives. Vicky emojis. Mm. I've said. So yeah, Michael shows up to apologize, and he looks very cute in his leather jacket and his olive shirt, and he's got plane tickets uh, <laughs> first class to I've New written, York. I've written here. How does Michael know where she is at the time, especially in the nineties? <laughs> she only goes three places. But we don't. I don't think. But I found that odd because I didn't feel their relate. They didn't grow their relationship enough for me to find it believable that he not completely knows her whole schedule. Because this is a girl who is still flitting around with Troy, kissing him, and flitting over here and going to the bar and then sleeping with Troy and stuff. And I was just like, I don't feel they're bonded enough to know her whole schedule of she'll be at the coffee shop now. Oh, she's going here. Like, yep. I, I don't know. I think that's a good point. And I think my assumption is she, she literally goes four places. Yeah, maybe. Like that's it. There's the coffee shop near home. That bar and there's that, the, that bar playing. that they all go to. Known that Troy was playing that night, yeah. maybe. Okay, we'll give you the You'd be able to get the, the, the version, Houston's version of Beat Magazine or Impress. Oh, yeah. And look them up. True. So he's got plane tickets to New York to go and um, present the show Her Way to the Network, which is like, I feel, absolutely the least he should do for oh, the situation. Yeah. Uh, Troy then shows up and is a dick again, just always, and then goes and does um, not a great cover of a Violent Femme song. And... <sighs> They were first class plane tickets that he throws on the ground after Lana then like she like they all have an argument. He goes and plays this song. She runs off and I don't know where she goes, but she knows the neighborhood better because then like both boys chase her and they are boys. They chase her and then have an argument outside Mm -hmm. and she's gone. Like she's vanished into a sewer or whatever. For Uh, some reason I've written here and I don't know why I said – Ben Stiller looks weird. Why have I written that? Did he look particularly weird in this uh, scene? No. You know what it may have been? I feel like he hadn't grown into his face. Yeah. He's also really in pretty this young. movie. Like, I think like late 20s. He's quite by young. By Zoolander, he looked like Ben yeah. Stiller. And I yeah. think he probably looked, ears might have been still like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Not that he looked weird, but just not like how Ben Stiller really looks. He looked really like, and I didn't really know him in younger like yeah. Ethan Hawke. I've watched grow up through movies. Yeah, where Ben Stiller, pretty much my first was Zoolander. Ben Stiller. Yeah, this would have been the first thing I saw him in because I didn't see Empire of the Sun at the mm. time when he's really young in that. Okay, yeah, but uh, it did strike me watching this again. He he looks really really young, young. and his leather jacket's quite big. Maybe like, yeah. All of his he looked, clothing is I quite think in this shoulder scene, heavy. He looked. Like, yeah, little. Like yeah. hadn't not fully grown. <laughs> yeah. Which also works with the character is it put himself in a vulnerable position here and he gets dropped. It does frustrate me a little bit. It's like clearly not important for the plot of the movie, but it frustrates me that then he accepts that he and Lilana aren't going to work out. Mm. And then what happens to the TV show? Like she's just, you know, clearly like she doesn't have rights to all of her material anymore. And she just like accepts that and walks away mm. feels odd for that character yeah but i guess the point is it's 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 a it's a romance at this point it's stopped being about 
her career aspirations. Yes. Which apparently, as soon as she slept with Troy, it just vanished. Yeah, well. <laughs> so we see, we have also, this movie loved a montage, didn't it? Yeah, a lot they of montages. did. Yeah, they did, didn't and they? And like when she goes for the jobs, it's, you know, the, yeah. the job application job. montage. Yep. There's quite a few montages and we have a montage of Troy flying off Longing, to Chicago. Yes, and she's waiting. And she's waiting and by the phone. The phone was really its own character. It really was. The landline system yeah. of Houston was really its own character. And Troy calls from the hospital and then doesn't talk when she picks up, which is uh, one of those things that as a, a youth trope. I thought was romantic and it's like that's actually Well, we thought it would cool. happen more in our lives. Like we were lied to. We felt no, like I mean, that's something that really happens. That happens in my life all the time, but it's always someone trying to oh. sell me something. Well, you, but that's not them not talking because it's, they love you and don't know what to say. That's just a bad connection from India. <laughs> it's the Amazon robot not clicking in. Yes. That's what that's what happens. Yeah, it happens all the time. Has it ever happened in a romantical situation? No. No. It only happens with stalkers and telemarketers. <laughs> yes. So, yes, uh, Lilana's trying to find out where Troy is because he's, like, skipped town and – like doesn't want her to know where and we see Sammy's talking to a boy and then like literally we never see Sammy again in the rest of the movie. Yeah, we've only but got a few talked minutes to left. a boy. <laughs> Go um, Sammy. And she finds out from him that because uh, he's clearly like a softie that Troy's gone to Chicago alone. Just I guess Trying well, to make the Sammy, point. just say then his dad died. <laughs> like the normal thing to do would be like his dad died. He had to go to Chicago. Yeah. Because no. Sammy obviously would know because he I knows he's going to Chicago. I feel like Sammy would know. But part of me is like, did Troy not tell anyone so that he could have what he gets in a couple scenes or in like the next scene, the dramatic reveal. My dad died. Where he gets oh. to, Lilana's then like going to fly off to Chicago to find him, which I think is, look, bad, stupid. But stupid, stupid idea, but whatever. She's like rushing off to get the taxi, but actually it's a, Taxi bringing Troy from the airport. He's flown mm. in in a terrible brown op shop suit that definitely makes it look that like you would have owned. I would have owned, <laughs> owned the pants. I'm not lying. It looks like he's flown directly, like he's left as soon as the funeral happened. Probably. Actually, no, yeah, we saw him in the hospital. So he's gone knowing that his dad was about to die. Yeah. Stayed through the f- funeral, jumped just in came on a plane, and has come directly to Lilana to tell her that his dad died and confess his love in the worst possible way. Because he's basically like not, I love you and I'm going to like try to be good to you. He's kind of like, I love you and I'm probably going to be an asshole a lot of the time. The and end. I'm cute. <laughs> the, like, I love you and I do yeah. suck and I'm not going to change or be a decent person. I think person. he needs therapy because Absolutely. I think he, he's self-aware enough but – not to a point where he knows how to fix it. Oh, God, no. And so I think that's his point of I'm probably going to be an ass because he doesn't know how to fix it and I'm a man in the 90s so I'm not going to go to therapy. So this is me. 100%. All of my problems with Troy are that. Yeah. That he's just like, you just have to take me as I am because I'm beautiful. And she does. And, and we're all like, oh, it's romance. And then at the end and this this watch through, I'm like, Oh, but give me oh. a romantic movie that isn't toxic. 
I reckon the, I reckon we could watch most hundreds of, of romance movies. Most of the Jane Austen adaptations are pretty good. And just be like, no, no, many of them are. Many of them are. You've got to, you make a good point. Mm. So then I looked up how old everyone was so I could work out how old oh, they were okay. when it was made. So yeah, Winona was born in 1971, so she's 50. Mm-hmm. Or 50. Well, she's you know, 10 years older than me. As of when I looked these up on IMDb in July, she was 50. <laughs> um, Ben Stiller was born in 1965, so he would have been about 29 when oh, this okay. came out. He was a bit older. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, six years older. So, yeah, she was early, early 20s. So, yeah, pretty much spot on for where the actor is, um, where the character is. Janine Garofalo. Janine Garofalo and Ben Stiller worked together on a few TV shows before this. Yeah, so she's 57 now, Janine. God. Yep. She looks good for it. Yeah, nearly getting close to 60. Mm. And Ethan Hawke is 52 and was born in 1970. Okay. So, yeah, just like a, a little older than um, Winona. Winona. And his, his in real life parents divorced when he was five, just like Troy. Oh, okay. So he could relate. <laughs> There's a part of me that sort of wonders if that was how it was in the script and it was just coincidence or if it was one of those things that they changed. Yeah, he's like, know. he's like, well, my parents were, I was five, so I'm just going to say five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll look and at they work. go, okay. It works for the character. <laughs> the end. So things I noticed were that this glamorised smoking and that Ethan Hawke, has not fixed his teeth, guys. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. He has kept his teeth. Yeah. Well, mid-90s was a time when it was really normal for mm. you to just have normal teeth. Yes. And be, still be a movie star. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking after we picked this movie was where would they be now? Where would these characters be now? What do you reckon happened to them in life? Oh. And I was thinking about it, but I was texting with friend of the show, Jess. Yes, hi, Jess. Who I watched this movie with many, many times. Okay. In our youth. And she immediately busted out some great. Okay, what's her hot takes on it? So this is where Jess thinks they are now. Mm-hmm. So we w- agreed that we all think they'd be early 50s based yep. on the ages of the characters being about the same. Yep. At that time in history. Lilana definitely has a podcast and probably works for an all-female media company, maybe even once she started. Mm. Troy plays in cover bands and has two kids to two separate women and he yes. sees them every second weekend. Loves Alternatively. Them, <laughs> loves them enormously but can't show it and his kids hate him. Uh, <laughs> I do actually think that feels kind of plausible for yes. Troy. Troy and Lilana definitely lasted no. like six months. Yeah, maybe a year. Maybe a year. But he is at this point at least – Absolutely unwilling to change. Mm. Or not knowing how. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Not knowing how to change. Yeah. Vicky lives in Amsterdam. She loves oh. it. No social media. Happily single. Is bisexual. Yeah, Strong take there and I love all of it. I think I feel like I feel like the Amsterdam is like, yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely like, yeah, some kind of European. Or London at the very maybe, least. Maybe, yeah the very, very least. Sammy has like like really obviously helps young gay and trans kids. I do feel that Because I fit. feel that he has like struggled with his sexuality and coming out and wants to make it easier for the kids of the future. And I reckon yeah. he's like 
works for some kind of charity. Jess's take, and I and I love that, and I do feel like that fits with the minimal amount of characterization we got for Sammy. He seems very kind and sweet, mm. and hundred percent that works. Yeah, been with his partner for twenty years. They have two dogs. They own a bunch of properties on Airbnb. And they have original Apple stock, so they don't work. And I think that's partly just like we just want nice things for Sammy yeah. because he didn't get enough character development. Yeah. Um, Michael, on his <laughs> second marriage but way happier, three kids, two and then one, six-figure corporate job, dodgy mm. knee from a basketball injury in- incurred on a corporate team-building trip oh. but has a pretty good <laughs> life, posts things like Black Life, Life Matter statuses on Instagrams and thinks he's with it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he totally would. would ha- he would totally yes. need to be woke and yes, though and yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, those takes were so good that I was then unable to make my own hot takes. Yeah, because they were so good. Yeah, but that actually feels spot on. Yeah, I, I the the thing with Sammy is I think he's more kind hearted not to work. I think that's maybe why. Oh, he'd that volunteer. would all he yeah. would he would be in a charity for. The gay kids. Even if he did have to work um, to support himself, I suspect he'd be doing charitable mm-hmm. support work. Like mm-hmm. he just seems he wants very to kind back. and thoughtful and wants to make the world a better place. Yes. None of the other characters are like that. No. No. The rest are self-serving. Yeah. I do think Lilana would still be in media, I think, because mm. um, she was yeah, coming up at a time when there was still the opportunity to get work and get work experience. I feel like she could be on This American Life or like an NPR type mm. show if she ever did get a break into radio. Yeah, maybe. I don't maybe know. Michael works for Netflix, one of the big oh, streamers. He would be into yeah, he'd yeah. be in a streaming yeah. company now. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, would have gotten out of music TV as soon as it started to turn. And look, he 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 invented reality programming. Mm. Or maybe he is like and Andy Cohen and, like, has Housewives franchises. Maybe. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Mm. That would work. Mm-hmm. This actually did make me look at some of the stuff that Winona's done and I really want to go and watch Girl Interrupted again. Mm. She did yeah. some really good stuff in the early kind of mid-2000s. I also wanted to watch Mermaids. I just realised why Bessie's banging on the door. Is it dinner time? It's dinner time. Well, then we should probably <laughs> talk about what our next movie is going yes. to be. Make no promises about when the episode is going to come out. Look, Hopefully soon, guys. I promise <laughs> that we are going to get back to a regular schedule. I'm not promising when that's going to happen. Yeah. But I'm gonna, we are, we are working towards a, a regular schedule. The, the big life changes that have happened that were most of the problem of us not recording, me moving house, has <laughs> happened now. Woo! So... Benefer finally got married. Yes, after like 20 years. We're not doing a Benefer movie because I think... Oh, yeah, let's do Geely or we're whatever not it's doing called. That because I just... I'm not. But I do want to watch Hustlers. I haven't watched Hustlers. it. And I've been thinking it would be really good to do on the mm-hmm. podcast. So when I saw that they got married recently, I thought, this is the time. We're going to celebrate their marriage. movie. With what is apparently... A great JLo performance. Okay. Well, that's what I've heard. So we'll see what we think. But mm. I've heard that genuinely people were like, she should have been nominated for an Oscar. What? Really? And I've seen a clip of her 
just like in a bikini they and would fur never, coat. And they she would never because it's a stripper movie of women and so they would never even consider it for the Oscars. And that sucks because what if it is an amazing movie? It wouldn't matter. It's women yeah. being sexual Yeah, that men haven't, you know. Oh, probably. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Any, look, we'll save that for next time. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Thank you for for joining us. We will see you soon. Stay well. Bye. Bye. You can find us at youwatchedwhat.net on Instagram as youwatchedwhat, on TikTok as youwatchedwhat, or anywhere you can get podcasts, including Spotify. Spotify.